If you have your scripture with you, I'm going to be speaking about rhythms, but out of the Gospel of Matthew. One of the verses that we use as I introduced this, um, thank you, as I introduced this series some weeks ago was Matthew chapter 11, verses 29 through 30th. And as we come to the end of the month, um, let's review what we were talking about. I'm going to try to do this very calm, cool, and collected. I wanted to wear the hoodie cardigan kind of thing to look very homey, very comfy like in a house. I got to tell you things that go through my mind while we're all praying and stuff like that. I imagine a sofa there. Yeah, where I sit. White chairs. We could use the chairs out there. Okay, Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And I'm going to be reading and using the paraphrased version that Eugene Peterson, one of our guys, meaning Presbyterian preacher and scholars, uh, used called the message. And he says the following. Listen to and for the word of the Lord this morning. Are you tired? Worn out? Burnt out on religion. Yeah. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. (laughs) I'll show you to take a real rest. Walk in me with, uh, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that what we look for, to live freely and lightly? Well, my teaching this last month has been about the rhythms, and the first rhythm that we actually encounter was the heartbeat. Uh, and, And... Discovering what a heartbeat was all about was we we basically discovered that there is, there are rhythms throughout our entire existence. Not only in nature, but also in our bodies, but also in the way we live our lives. And God is a God of rhythms. God is a God that has made things beat at a rhythm that we should try to fit in. Secondly, we continued our studies, and, and we heard about uh, a hey guy, and how hey guys uh, was just not making it, was just not doing, you know, and he was making money and spending a lot of time making money, and it was like putting money inside a pillow or, or, or a, a sack that was just empty at the bottom, broken at the bottom. The more he worked, the less he made. The more effort he put in, the less he got out of it. Can anybody identify Oh, I'm alone in that one. The more effort you put in life, the less you get, you're all retired then. Not some of us, obviously. Okay. But we discovered that if we fall in God's rhythms, which is what Haggai was trying to tell the people of Israel, as they were coming back from exile, then we would enjoy the life of freedom and the light of light living. That doesn't mean out of stress. Last week, we kind of encountered, and and this was kind of a practicum last week, where we had our college professor who was not a preacher, who thought had a 
great classroom last Sunday. <laughs> he wasn't going to stop talking if I didn't stop him. But Dr. Flannery, in his great wisdom of ancient Celtic Christianity, shared with us three prayer poems in which we explored and, and were fascinated by the deep spirituality of the Celtic monks of the 4th and 5th century. And we found out something about them. And I'm going to talk about them. Uh, uh, swoop, let me not knock them off. St. Brennan. Because they, that's when they practiced their disciplines, their prayers, their studies in the shame in their home. And yet, because they had that intimacy with God, as they practiced their spiritual disciplines by themselves and with others, their faith grew to a point that they could get on a boat. Listen to this, Barbara. They could get on a boat and go wherever the winds, wherever the currents would take them, believing that that moment of uncertainty was actually driven by God, God's self. Trusting in God. Because they were into a spiritual rhythm of hanging out with God, living with God, speaking with and listening to God. And that gave them the power and the confidence to step out into a turbulent, uncertain, and kind of unwelcoming world. By the way, it was around that time that these monks were doing this stuff that the Vikings were doing it too. So they encountered the Vikings as they were trying to be missionaries. The Vikings were following them and destroying them. But God prevailed. That was one of the times in church history that historians were thought, thought these days that the church was very, very, very close to disappearing around the year 6700. And yet it did not because people discovered the soft rhythms of God's grace in their lives. Today I want to share very briefly about the, the joyful rhythms of God. God's joyful rhythm. God has a rhythm and we know that. And God's rhythm is framing grace in love for us. But how do we experience that? Well, let's look at, at the text that Jesus said. Jesus said it right there. Actually, that text deals with the joyful rhythms of God. If we look at it very carefully, look what it says. Come to me. Starts with coming to Jesus. Coming to Jesus. Come to me. Don't run off to the other soothsayer. Don't run off to the other prophet. Don't run off to the other miracle worker. Jesus just says, come to Jesus. A Jesus moment. Come to me. If you're weary and burdened, who isn't weary and burdened? Doing. Who isn't weary and burdened? We all experience stress. We all experience uncertainty. We all experience strife. We all experience dysfunction. Because guess what? We are the first ones who are dysfunctional. So, grace, we go to him and he will give us rest. Is this only a rest, a nap? Is that what Jesus is promising, a nap? Because I can do that. Very easily, especially Monday when it was, no, when was the rainy, rainy, rainy day? Friday. I came to the office because I had an appointment with you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was one of those days you just want to curl up and grab a book and keep on studying the message and overstudy. <laughs> so I have an excuse to stay home. <laughs> well, no, I came and work. But 
Jesus is not promising a nap. Jesus is promising the kind of rest for your soul. Actually, I think he says in the next verse. So take my take. What's the solution? Come to Jesus. Number one. Number two. Take the yoke. What is the yoke all about? What is what is Jesus's yoke? Do you have any idea? Huh? Well, that's that's a yoke. Of, but he's describing it that, that this yoke come to me. Where your yoke? But he says at the end that this yoke is very light. I almost don't feel it. So what is the yoke that Jesus is talking about? Let me give you a surprise. His lifestyle. His lifestyle. Come to me and learn from me. He's telling you, learn from me, for I am what? Gentle. Some translations talk about humble and meek, King James. Others talk about gentle and lowly in heart. You know why? Because in order for you to learn something, you have to have one condition. Number one, have the need for it. And, and I can remind you about those experiences when you are confronted with these new technological televisions that they are supposed to program themselves unless you have cable and then there's another science, another four-year degree on that one. You see, so learn from me. You have to need, you have to want to learn. And then you learn. Learn, come upon me. Learn my lifestyle because I am gentle and I'm meek. And, and you know, and you will find rest for your souls by learning a new way of living. By learning a new way of practicing your life. By learning a new way of relating to one another that's not so stressful but is based on love and forgiveness, not on upping up the next one. I remember that. And we ne- nobody ever gave up. And we ended up in destruction. Now we have this and we just don't want to. Whatever you say, honey, no, honey, whatever you want to do. What do you want to do, honey? Whatever you want to do. No, honey, whatever you want to do. <laughs> it's a different story. Now it's indecision. <laughs> but learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly, and you will find rest for your souls. Maybe not for the body. <laughs> because my yoke is easy. The rhythms of God's grace are easy. You know what is the first thing to fall into the rhythm of God? Uh, How many of you are here over 70 years old? Let me see the hands. How many of you who are over 70? No, you can't raise your hand. What are you talking about? (laughs) 70, let let me see. How many of these 70 uh, uh, years have been in church for at least 20 years? Okay. How would you feel if you could not, by any way of the imagination, not because there's family issues, you just couldn't go to church. Out of sync. Out of rhythm. Because the first rhythm to learn in Christian life today is, in black and white, is to come regularly to a community of faith. Because this is the only hour of the whole week. And I was speaking with an agnostic this week who prays to a God. And, 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 and he insisted that, why do we have to go to church? And I said, because it is the only hour of the week where everything that happens is planned, 
organized and designed is geared, intended for you and God to have an encounter. No other time in the week you do that. Unless you're a monk. And I've been called that. But that's why. So falling in the rhythms of God's grace is coming to church. Why? Because we need to. Why? Because we want to learn. And as we learn, this is what happens. Now this is 21st century church data up there. Thousand church research. We can move, and by the way, this is out of the book, Move, that I'm recommending our spiritual growth department to get into. Because when people come to church or when people come to you, they're exploring about Christ. Oh, I don't know about that God. I don't know, you know. The crusades, what you did to the Muslims, you know. But then when it gets real tight, can you pray for me? Of course. And they see the experience, so they're getting closer to God. This is the process of discipleship, right there. The process of spiritual growth, right there. So we first start exploring. Now what moves us from first exploring, we have it in the book, what moves us? What kind of teachings? From growing in Christ to growing close to Christ, to becoming Christ-centered. That's the intended move for God's in our lives. How many of you think that you are exploring Christ? Just beginning to explore things about Christ. How many of you feel that you are growing in Christ? How many of you feel you're very close to Christ? How many of you feel that your life is Christ-centered? That though the, the berry is not bare, the snow comes down, the water blows up, pipes blow up, that anything can happen and your peace and your joy will not be disturbed. You can lose everything and you can be at peace because your life is Christ-centered. It's in the rhythm of God. Now let me ask you, who are you dancing for? Self, okay. Can I invite you to consider to join the joyful rhythms of God's grace? As we move this year into deeper and deeper discipleship, our spiritual growth department is planning a series of classes, a series of training for all of us to grow deeper, not only close to Christ, but become Christ-centered, not only exploring about Christ, which some of us are, and that's okay, but then moving into growing in Christ and touching others so that others may join the dance of the grace and the rhythms of God.